0: Hey, everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Yeah, it's repetition. We started the year by saying, let my people go. How many of you feel like that you're seeing some people being let go? We're not done yet but I'm going to tell you something I'm seeing a freedom come back yes. now we're going to have to continue to fight we're going to have to continue to, to, to really seek out and if you will really stake our parameters okay, of this freedom we're going to have to continually do that and surveil them if you will through the power of the Holy Spirit we're going to have to do it but then I told you a couple of weeks ago that, that uh, really I guess last week Stephen it was simple just sitting and spending time with the Father bring them back to me Now we think about that, I'm not talking so much about a physical sense, but I'm talking about spiritually. Bringing them back to the heart of worship, bring them back to me. And today, what am I bringing them back to? I'm thinking, God, I ask him, Michelle, it's just simple things. I say, what am I bringing them back? What are we coming back to? We're coming back to his house. John chapter 14 and verse 1 let not your heart be troubled Jesus is saying you believe in God believe also in me in my father's house somebody say in my father's house somebody say in my father's house are many mansions this is the truth speaking and he said if it wasn't so I would have told you And I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again, mm -hmm, and I'm going to receive you unto myself. Here's the part, that where I am, oh, there may you be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. Come on, let's pray. Father, that's your word today. There's such power in your word god today i'm following your outline of just simply bring them back to me god today the these points that i believe you've laid on my heart god i just want you to just do what you do and god i surrender holy ghost you shut my mouth when you're supposed to god let everything and anything that's done in this house today be for your glory And God, do not allow us to waste, God, your precious oil on things that don't matter. And God, even upon our own vain thoughts and ideas. But, oh, God, today pour your oil out on holy vision and purpose. And, God, you move in a mighty way. We're going to praise you and we're going to thank you for souls coming home. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name. And everybody shouted hallelujah. Hey, before you sit down, turn to somebody and say, how far out are you? You can be seated. I'm going to start with five minutes because y'all said I could have it. This is a powerful piece of scripture and Jesus is saying this after he's washed washed the feet of those that he know are going to run, those that are going to be scared, those that are going to encounter fear, those that are going to have the plans changed and they're not happy with it. And Jesus begins to bring peace to them and he begins to tell them, I'm gonna be gone, but I'm still gonna be here. They're not able to grasp it. And when he's telling this, now Jesus was from the area of Galilee and there's something behind this when you study it is that in my father's house, what would happen is this, is that in his father's house in the area of Galilee, what they would do is they would build onto the back, if you will. They made another room on the father's house. I heard somebody one time, I said, boy, I can't wait. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. We sing it. I'm not again that. I hear people get happy and even puts a little bit of holiness in there with it. Boy, I just can't wait till I get to my mansion. Would you still go if it wasn't anything but a shack? Yeah. There's something about this that, that I want to bring out, and, it, and it's this, that in my father's house that this word really begins to tie to many rooms. That in my father's house, there are many rooms. And your translation may say that. I want to say this today, that in my father's house, there's many rooms. Can I tell you, in his house, there's a living room. Because you know what? When you're in his house, you learn how to live. You learn how to love and not to hate. In my father's house, there's healing rooms. Hallelujah. In my father's house, there's laundry rooms. We can be washed by the blood of the Lamb. What I'm trying to say is this, is that there's room in the Father's house. And as he begins to unfold this to me and begins to show me, I want to talk about some things today just quickly, but I want to tell you that there's room today for you to heal. There's room today for you to be saved. Aren't you thankful today that there's still room at the cross? That whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, that you can be saved. That you don't sign up to be a Baptist. You don't sign up to be a member here at Potter's Hope. Somebody said, I'm on the road here. I don't know how you'd be on the road here because we don't have a row. But I can tell you this. At the end of life, you'll want to know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Praise be to God. So we begin to look at this. I'm thinking about this. And when I think about the Father's house, I, I want to tie two things to this if I can. A venue, a venue is a place where things happen. Today you hear about wedding venues, you hear about different venues, and if we could today, I want to say this is the Father's venue. This is the place where things happen. This is a place that there's a certain atmosphere and there's a certain purpose, that when a venue is put in place, if it's that wedding venue, then it's a place for there to be weddings performed. Can I tell you something? If God builds the house, hell can't take it down. When Jesus was speaking to Peter, he said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Not your church, not my church, but Jesus saying, my church. Aren't you thankful today for those maybe that have strayed that we talked about last Sunday? For the strays, for those that have felt like they were held hostage. For those maybe that have got people in place for them that are negotiating with terrorists. Aren't you thankful today that nothing can keep you from the presence of God but you yourself? Today I want to encourage you don't you let anything keep you from the presence of God. Wow. A venue, a place where things happen. When it's God's house, people get healed. When it's the Father's house, people do get changed. Hallelujah and glory to God. There's something about it, not just the venue, but also to the Father's house there's a vibe. A vibe. What is a vibe? A vibe is something that we sense. It's something that we feel. But in the Father's house, there's a vibe. There's a a feel. Hmm. How many of you today have felt already the Father's love in this place? That's because it's His house. Wow. You see, in His presence, that's the thing. That in His presence, there's forgiveness and there's fullness of joy. That when we understand that we're in His house, things are in place and for it to become something that we leave differently Mm. Mm. I want to go ahead now if you can if you'll turn with me please to Ephesians chapter 2 I'm going to take you now just on a little bit of a ride with me Paul is speaking to the church of Ephesus and what he's doing is that he's beginning to convey to them that it's not about being a Jew or a Gentile in Ephesians 2 and verse 13 but now somebody say but now he said, but now in Christ Jesus. Notice he didn't say, but now in the temple, but now in the church. He said, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Let me show you what he's doing. Stephen, you're going to work great. Jake, you'll work great too. And you know what, Wit, I'm going to let you stand behind them today. Give me, give me Jake and give me Logan right here. Witch, you stand behind them. No. I'm sorry, Stephen. Sorry. You stand here. What he's saying is this. This is simple just to give you an idea. Is that all before, really, when you begin to look at Scripture, it's not about being black or white. It's not about being rich or poor. It's not about everything that the world is trying to push today, Jody. It's not about that. Dustin, but what it's about, he's saying this. There's just really two kinds of people. There's the Jew and there's the Gentile. The Jew represented who he had chosen. The Jew represented... Basically, those that, listen, people were jealous of the Jews. What do you mean? You're God's only. So what he does is, spread out a little bit for me. Thank you. Thank you. So what he's saying now, and when he begins to put this passage in here, we're talking about in the Father's house because I'm going to show you what he's doing. What he's saying, there's neither Jew, there's neither Gentile, but now there's just one, and it's the church. It's the church. And as simple as, and when you begin to read down through there, you'll find that the middle wall of partition has been taken down. Meaning this, the things that used to divide us, now is bringing us together. Why is that? Because Jesus was not only our great emancipator from sin, not just our great deliverer, but he is our great uniter. So today, when everything seems, listen, it's not about being a Baptist. It's not about being Pentecostal. It's about being the church. As simple as this sounds, this is where we've got to get to. Y'all can be seated. Thank you. I may need you again. I want to talk about those that are far off. Because see, it's all still about bringing them back to me. So where am I going to bring them to? I want to bring them to the venue. I want to bring them and, and let them feel the vibe. How many of you have got a favorite place to eat? I used to have. Now I don't have a favorite place. I like them all. <laughs> Let me tell you something about his house. There's something about his house that is different. that when it's his presence and his touch and his anointing flowing through and in the heart of people, it's like it's truly like living water that flows to every soul and every being. When he says this, for those that are far off, I like what Scripture says because it's really the beginning of what the preacher says in Acts chapter 2. Turn to somebody and say, how far off are you? The Word of God says in Acts 28 and verse 40, Then Peter said unto them, Go to church, sing amazing grace, do it in the name of whatever denomination that you're in. No. No. Then Peter said unto them repent repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ goes on to say this for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the holy ghost wow Then he says this, For the promise is unto you and all your children and all that are far off. There's that word again. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Brother Wayne, does that mean there's selection? Does that mean there's predestination? No. Right now you're hearing a call from God that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord the same shall be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I'm so thankful for that. The word says this. And with many other words did he testify and exhort saying this. Save yourself from this untoward or this crooked generation. I wrote down a few notes for me today, so talking about those that are far off. How many golfers do I have in here? How many do I have that try to golf? How many do I have that's ever golfed? Stay with me back in the back. Well, let me tell you all something about me. I'm horrible at golfing. This is going to tie to something, talking about being far off. For those golfers that are in here, there wasn't just a handful of you all. But the thing is, is that it's always about the drive. Because you want to see people and what they do say, did you see how far I hit that ball? And if you watch it on TV now, Larry, they got that deal that tracks it, don't they? Back when I started golfing, or no, back when I tried to start golfing, I was about 16 or 17. And I found out I was horrible then. I found out I enjoyed riding a cart a whole lot more than I did golfing. Back when they had a par 3 down at, down at Rough River. I don't, my, it's hurt me to go backer. I need to go forward. <laughs> there was something about that when people said, you've got to hit that a long way. What I find is this, is that, Pat, that in this, it's not about hitting it out far. It's about hitting it straight. Let's talk about life. Turn to somebody and say, keep it in the fairway. Any good golfer will tell you this, that it's not getting up there, you know, and they say the drive's for show, and I don't know how there's something that goes along with that, whatever that it is. Yeah, you putt for to win the money or whatever. I don't know what it says. But anyway, what happens is this, I could hit the ball. But I never knew where it was going to go. <laughs> I remember one of the last times I was asked. This has been a long time ago. remember the last time I think I was asked to ever go golfing. And a good friend of mine, I worked at Warner Electric, and they had a scramble. And my good friend Louis Alvey said, Hey, Biggin, we want you to come and be on our We want you to come and, and be on. And I know I did. I'd done it the year before. And, but he said, I want you to go one more time. And this is a true story. I was getting up here getting ready to hit it. And he was standing right over here. Like right here, I was supposed to hit it this way. He's standing over here, he thinks I'm safe. (laughs) I'm not kidding you, I hit the ball. And if there's a trick shot in golf, I did it. (laughs) I'm not kidding you, I I meant to hit the ball straight. He's standing right here. I only missed his head by that much. (laughs) He looked at me, and of course, Louie, he said this, he said, I ain't never taking you golfing again. And I said, that's great. Let me, let me share something with you because this is important. Because, see, we think about the drive. We think about that. But can I tell you, it's about keeping life. If we're going to come home to him, the thing that we've got to do, we've got to keep it in the fairway. Why does that matter? How many of you have ever went through a rough time? How many of you ever feel like you was in the sand trap, that you was there? And you know what the thing is? I want to tell you something. If when we keep it straight, and that means I'm not going, not going to hit it just one time. Because what happens, and I'm talking about bogey golf or double bogey, or like I had like, I don't know what the number would be for 10, but whatever that is, over one hole. <laughs> the thing is, what I find is this, is that so many people, we're leading a bogey life because we don't keep it in the fairway. And then we wonder, why is my life such a mess? Why am I going through this rough patch? Why is this going on? You're hitting the ball, but you're not keeping it straight. And this is so important. And so what I'm saying is this, is that, you know what, when we can come back to the place of keeping our life lined up with God, doing what God said to do, being obedient unto Him, it really begins to make a difference. Hallelujah. That for me was as simple, simply because I had found out in my own life that it was about going to the right or to the left. And this right here then we talk about being far away are the very thing that i would mentioned. Today what we hear is people that are far right and far left. And how it's so hard for people to come together. Well, I want to remind you that at the cross of Calvary, there was a far right and a far left. But one made it right and one got left. But Jesus Christ at the center and the simpleness of that is what we have to come to. Do you realize today that all of us stand as just as the two malefactors did before God? But it's whether or not we come unto Him and declare that, you know what, I'm no better than the thieves on the cross. I, too, have sinned. I, too, have failed God. Hmm. Wow. Next point that I want to make is this. Turn to somebody and say, how far out are you? It's this. ETA. What's your estimated time of arrival? I'll make a point here. If you have your Bibles, you can go with me to Luke chapter 15 and 13. And I want to say this today, that this story right here is about me, and I don't even know if it's going to be about anybody else in this place, and I'm not here today to make the message all about me, but I can tell you that I spent some time with the Father this week, and it's had an impact on my soul. Luke chapter 15 is told of three things, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and then the lost son, the prodigal. The Word of God says this in Luke 15 and 13, and not so many days after the younger son gathered all together, he took his journey into a far country. It's simple. There it said he wasted his substance with riotous living. You see, this whole thing, this began in my heart, you know, two or three weeks ago that really went, when I began to process it, bring him back to me, the prodigal is one that began to preach to me, but it wasn't really about anybody else. I could hear God wooing me back. You say, Preacher, where have you been? Have you been living in the pig pen? Not so much, but can I tell you something? Sometimes your feet don't have to touch the pig pen, but if you're not careful, your mind will be there. What's the pig pen look like? Life begins to stink. (laughs) It's simple sometimes that you know if you're not careful, you'll focus on negative instead of what is positive. Today, I told you I won't be long. I'm just going to scare you all with that. But here's the one point that I want to make, Stephen. And I'm going to give it to y'all like I got it. I'm going to try to. So what is it that keeps people away from him? I've been echoing this statement now in my heart for probably better than a week. We know the story. We've heard it preached about the prodigal. We've lived it. We've seen it. We've seen all of these things. But today, my heart, my life relevant before him. It's about one word. How many of you love confrontation? Not a soul. This is really, this whole message here is not really about confronting anybody else. The Lord brought me to a place to where if I can present it to you, maybe it'll be relevant. The Word of God says in Luke 15 and 17, the Word said, and when He came to Himself... When he came to himself. He said how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to spare. And I'm going to perish with hunger. There's one thing here that, that I really begin to see. And, and this came Wednesday morning. Probably around 3.30. I'm spending time with the Lord. And I, I, I go to start. And, and I'm already reading my word. And, and I'm just going to sit down like I was doing with him. And I, I sat there and. I get ready with my list, right? And boy, I mean, I just stopped. Stephanie, I just stopped. And there was a real sense of urgency that came to me. I hadn't been able to let go of this piece of scripture. I know today that if we were to talk about your prayer list, there'd be all kinds of people on here, but I'm going to tell you what I confronted as I was coming back to him. I've not been away. It's not blatant sin. It's not that, but there's something there that I, and as I did that, I I began to come. And I did not, the, the Holy Spirit just so sweet said, don't bring anybody else in here, but you. Wait a minute. I'm going to bring Amy in. Wait a minute. I'm going to, I've got to pray for Amy. Wait a minute. I've got, to, I've got to pray for Logan. Brianna, I've got to pray for the kids. I've got to pray for Jake. I've got to, got to, got to, I've got to pray for Larry because he's not real good at golfing. I've got to pray. No, I'm just kidding. He's a great golfer. I've got to pray for Kathy because everybody wants me to. No, I'm just kidding. Would you please stay with me for just a moment? And I don't think that I've ever experienced God in this way. It was like there was something tugging me. Josh, it was just tugging. And I thought, I got to bring everyone. I got, Lord, I can't come in here without them. And the Holy Spirit said, Not today. But God, you know what? I get the calls, and you do too. Miss Marges, I'm coming. They're, they're, he said, no, just you. You're not going to bring them in here today. Have you ever been called into the principal's office? It wasn't quite like that, but I bet you were, Whitney. Do <laughs> you stay with me? I'm almost done. And Gerald, as I come in there, There was a grieving. Lord, I don't know how to do that. And the next few moments were critical. I'm, I'm being so transparent with you. For those of you that say that guy cries a lot, you have to get over that, I do. But as I come in, I'll tell you what I was confronted with. Miss Laura, as I begin to come in, I felt shame and guilt knowing that I was gonna have to talk about me. And I come in, and almost immediately, there was an overwhelming peace and love. Now, I know this peace, and I know His love. But it was overwhelming to the point that when I sat there, I had no more than God in. And I thought, oh, I'm in. And my eyes began to leak, and I said, oh, Daddy. I'm so broke. Will you fix me? And when I said that, I began to get as real with God maybe as I ever have in my life. Here's what I was talking about. That what I was confronted with, the reason that confrontation is that any of you that know me, I I, I confront people. It's not because I want to fight, because I want to see people heal, myself included. But it was different that day. I wouldn't have got up against you. I wasn't up against them. I was up against myself. And what I met in his presence when I came to myself was some real stuff. And I guess for 30 minutes, I just poured it out. The whole time... Shame and guilt knocking on my door, trying to get in. The whole time, it's like some of you, now don't take this the wrong way, but it's like I got to do The whole time, but I did not answer the door. And it's almost like the Holy Spirit, leave them alone. This is time for you and Him. <laughs> You see, what can happen is that we get caught up in the mechanics and we get caught up in the thought of being an intercessor. We get caught up in that. And I will tell you something, an intercessor and even those, and I'm not saying I'm the greatest one at it. I'm not saying that at all. But if we're not careful and all you do is ever stand in the gap instead of standing in his presence, I will tell you something, you will be dry. But when I heard him, I thought, when I came to myself, so what is it today, pastor, that we're confronting? It's time to confront you. And being raw and real before God, and you're saying, what's that look like? That means coming before him and basically saying that, listen, I got some stuff. Wow. Wow. Now, the thing that was this, like I said, shame was knocking or whatever was trying to knock and trying to get in there, but whatever that it was, the thing is, it it couldn't get in. And at the same time, the Holy Spirit's saying, this is what I'm talking about. When he came to himself, what are you saying? I don't want to be your pastor today. I don't want to be your preacher today. Today, I just want to be a fellow traveler. And to tell you, much like I'm just finding out, that before you can get back home and before you can get back to him, you've got to confront what's in you. You've got to come to yourself. Because I'll guarantee you, spread throughout this church, there's many people and all across this country, there's people that, you know what, you hate yourself. I'm not saying I really ever hated myself because this is God's creation, whether you like it or not. I understand that. But there was a real moment right then when he came to himself. Praise to him, you can come. When I sat there, I don't know how much time. When you're in the Father's, father's presence, you just lose time. This is not a self-help type word. This is a savior help type word. Can I ask you a question without you raising your hand? The first one would be this. How many of you are broke on the inside? Don't raise your hand. It's kind of twofold. How many of you have got some things on the inside that need to be fixed? Those of you that are willing to confront yourself right now and deal with some hard truths about you, would you come to the altar? Hey, everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged.